Are you ready? Let's go. Inclusivity is a word that gets thrown around a lot, right? But what does it really, really mean? That's what we are going to talk about today. If you are new here, welcome again. My name is Doreen and I am the host of the Stand Up From The Crowd podcast. Each week, I interview some of the brightest thought leaders and entrepreneurs of our time who share their stories, sound advice, and anecdotes, you know, giving you an inside look into the world of leadership. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave your review on the podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It is increasingly being understood and recognized that it is an important driver for positive change and, and business results, right? But beyond that, it's about giving people the respect and the dignity they deserve when they show up at work, but in everything that they do. And today's guest, who people, I hope you're ready. <laughs> because our standout guest, Laura Didik, is the Vice President, Client Diversity at the Business Development Bank of Canada. She leads the bank's national strategy to ensure Canada's entrepreneurs from diverse communities have the resources they need to succeed. So without further ado, please help me welcome Laura. Hello, Laura. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So I invited you as a standout guest on the podcast uh, because you have built a highly successful uh, career. And, you know, I'm always curious to know what's the story behind such, such success. I know oftentimes people think that it's easier for others. Sometimes that might be the case, sometimes not. But I do know as a woman, no matter where you are from, the glass ceiling is real. The, the challenges climbing the ladder is, is real being and an ambitious woman has its own set of challenges. And when I see women like you who are VP of such a, a big organization, uh, this is always inspiring. And, you know, we want to know what's the story behind. So can you tell us uh, the, the, the tell us a little bit more about the beginning of your career journey when you became a young professional? Was it clear to you? Like, did you have a clear trajectory? This is what I want to do. This is who I want to become. And I'm going to find my way into that high level leadership uh, position. Or is that or it is that something that you discovered about yourself as you were growing and building your career? Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for the question, Doreen. I don't think, I mean, I, I don't. I think anyone that has a clear plan and a clear vision, I, I admire that person and, and a clear direction. I, I didn't have that. Obviously, I, I have a love for entrepreneurs. I have a passion for entrepreneurship and supporting entrepreneurs. And so when I joined BDC 28 years ago, I knew it was definitely the organization for me, not only the culture that it had also the mandate it has in supporting um, the Canadian entrepreneurs and small businesses on their journey. So I knew that. Um, and, and then I've done, I think anyone has to, I think you have to have a plan, but I think it had, you have to uh, be flexible in that plan. And as opportunities present themselves, 
Um, and, and some of them were outside of my comfort zone. I think uh, as, as a woman, especially, there were times where I, I, I wasn't sure. I, I was full of self-doubt maybe on whether I could do the next step. But, uh, but, you know, I think you need to put yourself out there and have the courage. And, and I did that. And I just learned through some of my own experiences that leadership was something that I, that I enjoyed and that uh, I was pretty good at. And obviously, I think we always have a lot to learn. But uh, I just kept on, uh, I kept on trying different things and kept on when the, when the bank presented me with other opportunities, um, I always said yes. And I always made sure that I, I surrounded myself with, uh, with supporting people of, of, of all genders that could support me and, and, and pick up when I fall, right? And I think that's really important in everything we do. Yes, and you are mentioning like some great key points here. First of all, going outside of your comfort zone. Uh, that's very, very important. Nothing grows in the comfort zone. So if you feel like you are good at what you do and that you are comfortable doing so, it means that you are in your comfort zone and that you need to push yourself even more. The second thing that you mentioned is, uh, you know, saying yes to opportunities. Something that I see uh, holding a lot of people's back, and but especially uh, uh, women, you know, is the way to be ready. I'm not ready enough. And there is no such thing as being ready. And oftentimes, opportunities present themselves when you are not ready for it, right? So there is a little bit uh, uh, of, you know, betting on yourself and trusting yourself that you have what it takes to learn the job on the go and to be successful at, at it. And the third point is surrounding yourself with the right people, building a support system. Success is not a solo endeavor, right? And as women and high achieving women, I want to talk for high achieving women here because I'm one of them. And I know that as a high achiever, you know, we want to go, go, go. We are always on the move, next steps, next, next, uh, next goal. And I can do it by myself. I can do it. And it is exhausting. It is. And this is not sustainable. And it's important to surround you, to create a support system with men and women, right? As you said, that you know will be able to support you when you feel down, that you know will be able to provide you the advice or maybe open some doors for you when you need that, when you know, when you feel that you don't have maybe the courage or the capacity. So that's, that's very important. So now what, if you look back, what do you think was your, your biggest challenge building your career? Well, I mean, it's been, I mean, many challenges uh, along the way, I guess. And I wouldn't even, I would, I would call them sort of bumps along the way that you have to get over. And there's always, you know, there's always fences and there's hills and you kind of have to find a way to get around them and, and to get by them. And I would say, um, so, so for me, it's been, you know, a little bit of that self-doubt sometimes and saying, you know, I can do this. And I think you say that it's important to push ourselves of outside of our comfort zone and high achieving doesn't necessarily mean, or it, it doesn't mean perfection. So, you know, we don't have to be perfect. And I think as long as you come into any position and, and I'd say for every position, I, you know, I have for sure haven't been perfect and I, I will never be, but it's, it's being very self-aware 
um, being very, you know, when you do make a mistake or, or if you're, you're not sure of something is again, to surround your, your, yourself with, with a support system, both professionally and personally, because I'm a mother of two daughters also that, that you need to be able to, uh, to be able to say, look, you know, like I, I don't, I don't got this. I don't have this, you know, I, I need help with this. Or I don't have this skill set, or I don't have this competency, and I think to show uh, to show humility is really important. And and I would say that you know some one of the biggest challenges I, I had was after I had my two daughters and and going back to work, and I knew that I, I did want to work. I was a better mother if I was working uh, for myself, and I think you know, um, I was, I was lucky enough that, uh, fortunate enough to be able to have that choice, whether I wanted to stay home or, or to work and I wanted to be a working mother. Um, but, uh, sometimes it was challenging, right? Because, uh, that, that work life, and I know some people call it work-life balance. I call it work-life flow. Cause I don't think anything is ever completely in balance. And I think, again, it's realizing that you don't have to have equal balance, equal balance. And, and there's, there's ebbs and flows depending on the time, you know, sometimes work is more demanding. And I, I have a, I have a fabulous um, husband who has been very supportive and who has carried, you know, a lot of the load at times. And, and also, and there's times that I need to carry some of the load. And so I think that's been the greatest challenge is having some of that guilt about being a working mother and not being, you know, not being able to be at everything every time. And, but, but on the other hand, I like to see myself as a role model, not only for my own daughters, but other, uh, also for other young women coming up to say, you know, it is possible. It is possible to, to have it all. You just can't necessarily have it all at a hundred percent and, and in a perfect way, but it is possible to have it all. And, and I like actually you mentioning that because uh, last week, um, I don't know if you have heard uh, the news about um, New Zealand Prime Minister who decided to step down right from her role. And so uh, that, 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 that made like a big noise around, oh, okay, you know, uh, can women have it all? She's a woman leader. Uh, stepping down because uh, she's burning out. From my from my perspective, I do believe as a leader, no matter her gender, uh, she had the courage to speak up about a topic that is taboo oftentimes among leaders is uh, burnout. And she had the, the the courage to address it and to recognize. You may, you talked about self awareness earlier. You know to recognize that she was no longer in her uh, maximum capacity or, or at her best to give. The, the the job what it deserves right so she made the decision to step down um how how do you see this kind of narrative about uh the the woman leaders uh that is portrayed in in the in the media and you know that is common in our society about having it all or you can have it all or you should like what's your perception about it well, you know, and it's so unfortunate. I mean, there are still biases that that exist out there, and it's so unfortunate because you have to wonder if if she identified as a, as a man and, and was a father and and a husband, whether you know the 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 response would have been the same. And and I don't know. Hopefully, it would have been. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that it would have been. And, yeah. and you know, I, I I actually congratulate her for being honest. And it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't matter what gender you are, burnout can happen. And, you know, we have to look after ourselves first. 
And I think as a, as a woman and as a woman entrepreneur and a, and a, and often, you know, a, a wife and a mother and, you know, you're, you're often a daughter and, you know, you're an entrepreneur yourself. So, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats and mm-hmm. can't do anything well if you're not healthy physically and mentally and emotionally. And so that, and, and often, I think, especially as a woman, generally, we tend to put ourselves last. And so it's mm-hmm. been, you know, for, for the New Zealand Prime Minister to come out and say, look, I need, I need to look after my own mental health. I need to look after myself. I say, good for you. We, we all need to do that at times. And we all need to make sure we do that. And, uh, and, and I think it's, it, you know, you, I talk about role models. And I think she can be a role model for all of us to say, yeah, you know what? We need to be in tune with ourselves. And she felt that she was experiencing, experiencing burnout. And so, you know, she needed to take a step back. And I think we should be, we should be congratulating her for that and for recognizing that because that's really important. And I think we often underestimate and we don't talk enough about uh, the mental health and especially the mental health of entrepreneurs have the responsibility of often having employees and they they feel that 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 load of carrying their employees and being responsible for their livelihood. They feel the you know for their own families and and there's a lot and you know economic up and downs and and pandemics and not pandemics yeah. <laughs> pandemics and now rising interest rates and you know there there's a lot and we we don't talk about mental health as a whole but especially as entrepreneurs. And, uh, and the and the mental health entrepreneurs. And I think it's really, really important that we continue to have those conversations. It is indeed. Uh, a recent study uh, finds that um, women in leadership roles, especially at, uh, in the C-suite, have uh, 70% of uh, women in, in high leadership roles have experienced uh, uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, is that something that you have uh, experienced yourself? And um, what do you think that imposter syndrome plays such an important part for most of the women leaders? I, I mean, I think I think we all at times yeah. are, you know, have had self-doubt. And so we, you know, the old saying that we generally, you know, and, and there's been times that, yeah, we, we fake it till we make it. And I've done that too, you know? And, uh, and I think it's a, it's a fact of life. I think it's even probably more or that self doubt. I think it comes from having a little bit of self doubt or lack a little bit of self confidence. And I think that generally probably happens more with women because we tend to want to make sure that we have all the skill sets and we check the boxes. And like you said, we, we don't push ourselves out of our comfort zone because we thrive for perfection. And, and so when we feel that we don't have all those and we, uh, and we push ourselves outside of our comfort zone, you know, there, there is self-doubt and lack of self-confidence that comes out from that. And at times, and, you know, you do, uh, you do try to um, be a little more than what you should be. And, and I think that's natural. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but I think that you, but, but I do come back to my previous point that, Part of the reason why I think I've gotten to where I'm, I've, I've gotten is because I've been very truthful. And when I don't feel comfortable doing something, I, not that I can't learn it and not that, you know, I, I'm, I'm a quick learner. 
but I think it's important that not only we be role models, that we seek out role models ourselves and make sure that uh, that we have people that we can surround ourselves with. And, and that'll help us get through. And then sooner or later, you know, you're not the imposter anymore. You are the person. And I think that's important. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's okay to do it. It's not necessarily wrong to do it. It's how we learn. It's how we grow. Yeah. And, and, you know, grow should be challenging. If it's not challenging, it, it means that you are not growing. Right. And when comes, you know, the challenge, uh, then, you know, and that you have to overcome something that might be new or something that, uh, you know, you don't feel very comfortable doing like having self-doubt is indeed very natural. The key is to not let it stop you from growing, I would say. Yeah. Um, and you know, what diversity leads to diversity. So it's so important that we have more women, not only in leadership of, of, of large corporations, of companies, but also more women in entrepreneurship and more diversity in, 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 in running the companies and in, and in owning the companies. Because, you know, women founded firms hire two and a half more times women than all male founded firms. And so, you know, we need to support each other. And, and so it's important, um, not only because women make up, you know, more than half of the population. So we want to make sure that we have representation, not only for in gender, but also, you know, in all races and sexual mm -hmm. orientations um, throughout all of our businesses, whether they're large businesses. So we have, uh, we have employees, but also um, in the ownership of our companies, because just better decisions are made, better innovation happens. And, uh, and, and I think it's so important because I think our young people coming up are looking for that. You know, we, the wonderful thing about Canada and North America is we are made up of diversity and that's what makes us such a great nation. And so we need to make sure that our companies are and our small businesses, which are the economy of Canada, represent that. That's very true. And so talking about uh, uh, Canada, what is your opinion on the current state of, of inclusivity in the, in the workplace right now? Well, I, I mean, we're, so I'll start with we're definitely not there. You know, we're <laughs> not finish line for sure. Um, if we were, then positions like me wouldn't exist. <laughs> and so uh, but but I, but saying that, I think we're making. Uh, steps, you know, sometimes too small of steps, but we're making mm -hmm. steps. and mm -hmm. uh, and there's still work to do. Um, and the intentions, you know, the company needs to have intentions, but they also need to have actions and they need to walk the talk. And that's really important. And, and we know that some companies are, are probably just talking and they're not necessarily walking the talk. But uh, But it's, I think, generally, um, companies are now realizing and understanding the importance of diversity. And like I say, you know, diversity brings on more diversity. So um, I, I hope and I believe that it will continue to snowball. And, mm -hmm. and, and companies that aren't, that, that don't have good intentions and aren't doing it for the right reasons and aren't really putting actions to, their, to, to what they're saying, Um, you know, employees will see that and, and they'll leave. And as we know, the fight for, for talent is becoming harder and harder. And so, it, you know, I think companies are going to be in a position that, that they just have to. And then they'll realize the benefits that come of it. So do you think like the shortage of talent, the way we are seeing it 
post-pandemic, right, with the great resignation and, and all the new terms <laughs> that yeah. have been emerging since, since then. Do you see it as an opportunity to uh, push the agenda and, and, and fast forward the agenda for more inclusion in the workplace? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, people coming to Canada are going to have opportunities because of the fight for talent and they bring different skill sets and they bring different lived experiences, which is so, so important. It helps us make better decisions in the workplace, leads to more innovation. I see that even within our own company. And and also, I think, you know, um, the and, and and not a lot of good things came out of COVID, but some good things kind of came out of COVID is the fact that we can do this now and we are doing this more and more, you know, that we're speaking virtually in that. And I think it's going to open, it, it has opened up an opportunity for employees to continue to work from home, at least part-time or to work from wherever they are. And so it's opening up our, uh, opening up opportunities for, for instance, for Indigenous people in Indigenous communities to be able to, to work um, remotely with companies in that work. Whereas before, you know, if they weren't in the city or in the place that the company was, they, they didn't have an opportunity. So I think companies are becoming more open-minded now that our technology has advanced too um, because of the needs for it to advance. You mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, the intention, you know, behind uh, for every com behind every company who want to implement uh, uh, DEI initiatives uh, within their organization. And it's true, you know, like DEI, inclusivity, and, and all these words have been buzzing and have been trending. And a lot of companies, unfortunately, have uh, surfed on the wave, you know, uh, as a marketing strategy. Let's put it this way out there, you know, as a marketing strategy <laughs> to showcase an image of them that is good, but that does not reflect the reality. And more and more employees now are leaving those workplace, right? And they are speaking up about it, which is good which is good because it will force at some point uh, some of these yeah. companies at, at well to be responsible for their their action and for what they say. Um, but then you, I, I, I want to believe, I want to believe that there are, comp the, there is companies who, you know, are, are people because it comes from the people, right? Who want to become more diverse or who want to be more inclusive, but they don't know really how to do it and i do believe there is a misconception where and i have heard it right uh from from some organizations i've worked with in the past oh but listen uh my boss is a is a woman so we are inclusive or oh listen we have some uh, people from this community and this community so we are inclusive that's all it, it, it's not a number game or a color game if i can yeah. say so like this is way much more deeper than that so um, based on your experience, what are like the ways or maybe the first steps, you know, to take action on, on DAI uh, in the workplace? Well, I think first a company needs to be clear on, on their why. Mm. And, you know, they need to talk to the, you mentioned culture, you know, culture is so important. They need to talk to their employees and, and their customers and build a vision that's, and build a culture that's not only top down, and it's so, so important that it comes from the top, but, but also bottom up. And, and they need to walk the top. Like I mentioned, um, you know, uh, actions speak louder than words. Mm 
And, you know, I know at the bank, what, what we've done is, you know, we opened uh, listening circles amongst our employees. And it's, you know, we have to be vulnerable and we have to have those uncomfortable conversations because, you know, in any situation, that's how we grow and that's how we advance. And we need to make it comfortable for, you know, those employees that we've hired to say, yeah, you know, we may be diverse, but we're not inclusive. And so we need to, we need to make sure that we listen and we lead with, with our ears and we, and we lead, and then we, and then we have empathy and we commit to make change. And when we do, you know, and there, and we are going to, we collectively are going to make an organization is going to make mistakes, but we learn from those mistakes and, and we have a, a culture where, where employees are comfortable to speak out when, when a company has made a mistake and then the company can correct it. Cause I think again, that's how we learn. Just like individuals, companies have to have to learn too, and, and they have to push themselves out of their comfort zone. And um, I would suggest we have spent a lot of time and money internally in, in BDC in training our employees. And there's a need to unlearn and then to relearn. Yeah. And we have done a lot in anti-racism training and what does it look like in training our leaders and, and opening up the conversations with our employees in unconscious bias training because we all have un unconscious biases and we can't necessarily change those, but we need to be, we all need to be very self-aware and be able to recognize when we do have those unconscious biases and they are affecting our decisions or they are, are affecting the words that we, that we choose to say. And, uh, and we've uh, made a lot of investment in the Indigenous communities on Indigenous history learning. As, as a matter of fact, uh, we our employees enjoyed um, the, the Indigenous history learning that we've done with their employees. We've actually, we are now partnering with an organization and offering the training. It's called Four Seasons of Reconciliation. We're offering it for free on our website to entrepreneurs because we want entrepreneurs to, to have that learning and not to have cost be a barrier um, so they can learn and then uh, take a step within their own organization. So I think that's really important. And then of course it goes without saying recruiting. Yeah. So that's really important. And, 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 you know, we say recruiting, but it's not just a numbers game. It's make sure that our job descriptions are, are, are inclusive that we've taken out any language that may that may not be inclusive and to make sure our onboarding is inclusive and things like that so you know there's there's a number of things that companies can do and i think what it does it, it it's small steps and uh and they just they don't have to do it all at once but i think it's really really important that they take small steps and they uh, and they continue to advance mm -hmm. learning and making mistakes along the way so we learn how to do better uh that, that, that that's why that's how i would i would i would say it uh, so my, my last question for you now uh, uh laura what is the legacy that you would love or that you ambition, you envision to, to leave behind? Well, as I mean, as the vice president of client diversity, my role is to is to make sure that in helping entrepreneurs start and in supporting entrepreneurs and starting and growing their business, that we don't leave anyone behind. And mm -hmm. we know that the Canadian entrepreneur landscape, small business landscape, does not reflect the diversity that we have in our population. And so, and so some groups are being left behind. And so mm -hmm. my legacy, I want my legacy to be quite frankly, is DEI 
part of the DNA of not only BBC, but of our of the Canadian entrepreneur landscape. And we have complete inclusivity amongst our entrepreneurs and, and we'll grow as a nation and we'll grow as a company if we do that. Oh, I love it. Where can I sign for it? <laughs> I'm already part of it though, uh, somehow. So uh, thank you so much, Laura, for your time and, you know, for sharing, you know, so much about yourself and, and, and about y your vision of inclusivity and how at BDC you you practice uh, inclusivity. I think it's it's very uh, important, you know, to open up and uh, about what's what's happening. You know, oftentimes uh, we talk about what's wrong, but let's talk about what's happening that is making a, a, a like a positive impact in our society. So thank you so much for your time uh, uh, and and energy for everyone watching us live and watching the replay. I will see you uh, next week for another live episode of Stand Up From The Crowd. Until then, you stay safe and you take care. Bye-bye.